Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. You know, this is one of those weekends where you you come in. It's not really the weekend. It's Tuesday, obviously. And uh, we got the, the the snowstorm from all Hades. And, uh, you know, yeah, you're, up, you're up in the northeast. I should point that out. Uh, he's up in the northeastern part of the country. And they're about to get, I think they said this morning, three to six inches, which is down from what they were saying yesterday. Oh, yeah. Yesterday was about eight inches. Although, yeah. or, you know, by midnight, everything is going to be all hell. Well, nothing happened overnight. Nothing happened at all. It just, as a matter of fact, as I look out the window, there's a dusting out there, but it is coming down pretty steady. And then it's all going to be gone at yeah. the end of the day. It's going to go through quick. And yeah. then, uh, you know, uh, but you know, we, we still we, we put so much faith in the weather forecasters in this country. I mean, think about it. We we stand by and watch the TV weather. Oh, there's a massive storm moving into our region. It's going to be terrible. And then, you know, I think they get ratings from this, the TV station. So they, they hype it like it's some major catastrophe. And well, then, that... then they'll say, well, uh, we were off on that one just at the very last moment. It veered off to the south and uh, you got a dusting, you know, I mean. It's called news sensationalism. I worked for a company that did that before there were storm chasers. Yep. A company called Great Empire Broadcasting. We used to send everybody out in these cruisers, and we would talk about, you know, uh, when when the conditions were right. And then we actually spotted a few, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, it was helpful. But we did it, you know, to generate ratings because— yeah. We could sit there. We all worked at a radio station like that, Bill. Not necessarily that kind of a station. I think that station was probably more to the south, where they had more tornadoes and things like that. Am I right? Oh yeah, we were. Yeah, yeah we were. We were right in Tornado Alley. Yeah, so, we, we yeah, had. We did we, it. Whenever we had like a hurricane, we mm. would send our guys out into the hurricane. You know, it's like, hey, uh, you know, go I've out done and that too. Yeah, go out and I'm, watch the wind tear down a building or something. Get it, get us some. Uh, and you know, it was radio. Uh, it yeah, wasn't TV, we so stupid. we we couldn't show them what was happening. We'd send some poor guy out in the middle of a, a hurricane uh, and risk his life so he could tell you about it. <laughs> oh yeah, I was in Frederick. You remember that one? It hit down south, pretty pretty bad. When I was in Mobile, and I, 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 how much cable do we have on the mic? You know, so I went out the back door and went around the front of the building with this thing, and I was standing out in the middle of one of these main streets, and. You know, I'm sitting there, and the wind was blowing, and I was having a hard time, you know, keeping my feet planted. And I heard what what I thought was a train, and I didn't know that that was a tornado uh, <laughs> that, that was associated with it. Yeah, they so do. Went, they do sound awfully loud, don't they? Yes. Yeah. So I went and grabbed onto a you know a, a marquee sign pole, and I was hanging on to that thing. And then I said, I got to make a break for it, and I get back in the building. And they're going, wow, what'd you hold on to? I said, the marquee out front. They said, what It's gone. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, speaking of... a couple of blocks away, you know, the next day. Speaking of storms, uh, they continue in the nation's capital politically. Did you hear about, I'm sure you have, uh, during the Super Bowl, right? The Super Bowl, uh, Congress, the Senate, had this... uh, this uh, secret kind of uh, a vote. It wasn't really secret, but oh, yeah, unusual, a- okay? It was unusual. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was during the Super Bowl game. And they yeah. you know, they voted a package of aid, $95 billion, to support the Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan uh, with uh, no southern border security provisions in it at all. 
No southern border security provisions. These yeah. sneaky little weasels down in Washington who wear suits and, and, and pretend that they uh, cloak themselves in an artificial mantle of respectability because, honest to God, they're just thieves. They're crooks and thieves, and they're down there representing us. Mm-hmm. Which is now a- what did in in the Tucker Carlson Putin interview? Mm-hmm. Now what did Putin say had to happen for him to say, "Yeah, the war will be over in just a few weeks." He said, uh, "Stop uh, financing, uh, stop giving uh, aid to the Ukraine. It'll be over quickly." So what do we do? We give more aid. So you know, if you're thinking, "Well, there could be a war," yeah. Don't be thinking that there could be. Take that word out and just say there will be, because apparently there are people in place that want it to happen. Because if somebody sat there and said, look, you take another swing, I'm going to swing back and I'm going to swing with all I got. And you take a swing. What do you think is going to happen? Well, all I can tell you is it's a corrupt package, not because of the amount that by itself is corrupt, but uh, they also put a booby trap into here. Do you hear about that? Listen, What's that? Listen, um, they put a trap. According to Senator uh, J.D. Vance, whose staff actually read the bill, this new Ukraine bill tries to make it illegal for Trump to do what he's promising to do in, on the campaign trail. It is a plot against the president. It says um, if he gets into office and cancels the Ukraine funding, Mm-hmm. They can impeach him. Not they can impeach them. It's almost like they have to impeach the president. Now think about this. He's not in office yet, but these guys are already le- planting uh, a landmine, so to speak, political landmine for President Trump. If he gets into office, and and if he says the first day, okay, I'm going to cancel uh, aid to the Ukraine, and he writes an executive order. Boom, if this bill were to pass, if they hadn't caught this, then um, President Trump would His have been... His days would li- be over before he ever got in. Yes. Now, listen to this. I want to read you a list of the... Uh, these are the these are the Republican senators who voted for this bill, okay? Uh, Shelley Moore... Cap- 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 I think her name is Caputo, but they have Capito. Maybe it is. It's Capito. I'm sorry. Shelley Moore Capito. I... Uh, it's funny how things look when you read them. Sometimes they don't look like they... Especially when your eyes are a blur because the whole weekend was just kind of like, (laughs) whole hum, you know? Yes. Uh, Bill Cassidy of Louisiana. Uh, Susan Collins, who's a rhino, we all know that. Uh, John Cornyn of Texas, he always never ceases to surprise me. It's amazing. John Cornyn. Joni Ernst of, uh, of Iowa. Joni Ernst, that's a that's a surprise. Chuck Grassley, there's mm. another surprise. He signed the bill. John Kennedy from Louisiana. You know John Kennedy. He's the guy who has all those uh, quips yes, and I lines. Know. Yeah. Mitch McConnell, uh, there's no secret. Uh, Jerry Moran, uh, Mark Wayne Mullen, uh, Lisa Murkowski of, of Alaska. She's nothing more than a Democrat in sheep's clothing. Uh, Mitt Romney, there's a surprise, uh, Mike Rounds, Dan Sullivan, John Thune, uh, Tom Tillis, that's a surprise. That, uh, 
Roger Wicker and Todd Young. These are all senators, Republicans, who signed that bill with that booby trap, with that political landmine in it. Now, here's the interesting thing about this bill, which drives me nuts. A lot of things drive me nuts, and it's a short trip for me sometimes. But mm-hmm. um, apparently, you can cancel aid to Israel. You can cancel aid to Taiwan if President Trump gets in. He can stop the aid to Israel. He can stop the aid to Taiwan. The landmine falls in the aid to the Ukraine, meaning it's specific to just one piece. Go ahead. Now, why is that, number one? But uh, more importantly, uh, who wrote the bill? You know— that's an interesting thing. I, I don't they don't really claim uh, authorship. Nobody says like it was written by uh, no, it doesn't I'm looking at the article here. Maybe whoever presented it is the person that wrote it. That one needs to be gone. Now, I'm a little surprised by Kennedy out of Louisiana and so it's you know even though he does his homework, you know they got people that read through things for them. And I got to sit there, and now that quite, it makes me question. It might have been at least partially authored by uh, Chucky Chuck Schumer, you know. Yeah. Uh, now, why would he be, yeah, you know, so I got to sit there and go, some people didn't do their homework. But see, here's the thing. Well, there's, there's a good chance, Bill, that the people who co-signed this bill mm-hmm. did not read the whole bill. That's you're, what I'm saying. You're they absolutely didn't correct. Do their homework. Yes, you're absolutely and that correct. Bothers me because they didn't do their homework, and they should sit there and say, "I apologize. I made a mistake. Otherwise, I'm going to apologize and say I didn't make a mistake when I voted you out." You know, it's um, yeah. Now, obviously, my my for senatorial, I mean, my say is in Pennsylvania, but I'm sorry. This is crazy. You know, and when do you put a, a a budget bill of any kind that has a presidential poison pill? Yeah, so does, does that, is that not the dumbest thing? Th- I mean, think about it. I can see Romney doing it intentionally. I I was surprised at uh, at John Kennedy of Louisiana. Now, some of these guys probably didn't read the whole bill, and they probably were taking the word of people that they trusted. Well, it's a great bill. I, I've gone through it, and and uh, it's going to be the. Here's the thing that gets me too: is why, in the name of heaven, are we rock solid committed to the Ukraine to a point? There's something. To, there's something in this picture that that uh, you're absolutely that we're not seeing. Bill, you hit it on the head. In my opinion, we have got something in the Ukraine that we don't want the world to know about. You know, we're doing something in the Ukraine uh, that uh, maybe we shouldn't be doing. I'm thinking maybe the bio, bio labs that uh, uh, they've been trying to close down. Maybe those bio labs uh, will be an embarrassment to the United States. We have incriminating assets in the Ukraine yes. that would make the, uh, the, war, the global picture of us look very poorly. That's the only conclusion, and if I'm wrong, prove me wrong. Otherwise, yeah, our hands are dirty right now in my eyes because we're hiding something. That's the only reason that we will go to any length financially to help the Ukraine. 
Rand Paul had some words to say about this bill. Listen. You know something about criminal neglect. So, Senator Paul, what's your response and what's your plan, sir? You know, I would say it's criminal neglect for Mitch McConnell, Chuck Schumer, and Joe Biden to get together to send $100 billion overseas to fix someone else's border before addressing our border. We have an emergency. We have an invasion. We have 700,000 people came across in the last two months, and they're willing just to punt on that. You know, they put forward a fake proposal. It wasn't any good. We shot it down. But that doesn't mean we're ready to give up on it. Many of us want to fight. 32 of us out of 48. Three-fourths of us said we wanted to keep fighting. We want to actually fix the border before we ship $100 billion of our money overseas. I meet no one in Kentucky, no conservatives across the land that are for this. But the leadership of the Senate under Mitch McConnell is more concerned with sending your money to Ukraine than they are with the invasion of the southern border. And I've had enough. I'm going to do everything in my power to slow down and stop this. And I told them they can vote when hell freezes over mm. because frankly this isn't in the best interest of our country the money has to be borrowed we don't have a hundred billion sitting around we borrow 1.5 trillion and they're going to borrow another 100 billion so essentially we ask china for money to send it to ukraine it makes us weaker it's bad for our country mitch mcconnell joe biden and chuck schumer are wrong on this and i'm going to do everything i can to slow them down at the very least and possibly there'll be enough of an uprising of people calling in and saying, Mitch McConnell, who are you? Do you represent the Republicans? Do you represent conservatives? Mm. Are you in lockstep with Chuck Schumer? That's Rand Paul. And, you know, apparently that Mm. bill uh, has to be voted on again in the Senate. I guess it's gone through, maybe it was gone through committee or something like that. Uh, But yeah, but, you know, I, I, I remember the bill. I think I mentioned it to you over the weekend is that they snuck this through on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. Now I, that was I, that was a deliberate to hide something from us. Well, you know, but, I I think that uh, uh, you know it, it always comes as a, as a, a bit of a surprise to me when when the senators sound surprised. Like Rand Paul yeah. sounds he he sounds like he's a little surprised at this bill. I mean, he works in that operation. You know the I mean, and yeah. how does a guy like John Kennedy, who is always out there saying so many wonderful conservative things and standing tall for the people? And how does he end up putting his name on this piece of trash? You know, yeah. first of all, what, what Rand Paul said is true. How can they be putting a bill together for a, almost $100 billion, Not million, folks. $100 billion with a B. And, and not, um, you know, uh, and not have any money put aside for the southern border. You know, well, uh, so I have nothing. Well, let me let me let, let's talk about money for a minute. You know how I say money's not real in the whole nine yards, uh, but I'm going to say that there are conservatives and liberals, you know, maybe Democratic cons- uh, voters out there, that they live their life with their head in the sand. Now we're getting we're upset, you know. Oh, we're going to send sixty three billion dollars. Oh, we got ninety something billion dollars. We're thirty seven trillion dollars in debt. We're going to give all this stuff to the illegal immigrants. Oh, wait, we're going to give them houses. We're going to give them cars and driver's licenses. We're already doing that. We're even establishing businesses for them. Yet the regular consumer goes deeper and deeper in debt. We owe more and more taxes. What the hell's going on? But a revelation kind of, you know, I, I, I read it. I heard it. I First I heard it, and then I read it. And I was going like, 
in Massachusetts, where I'm visit, visiting, mm-hmm. they were talking about money spent on gambling, right? And it was like a Super Bowl-related thing. In this state, in the past year, $53 billion spent by Joe Blow consumer out there mm-hmm. in gambling. And I'm going like, wow. Well, and not all of it was legal. Well, then you got all 50 states doing that. So we've got hundreds of billions of dollars, even trillions of dollars that's floating around out there that just money's money's water, apparently. And there's just something. How much right. how much of that? I've often wondered when I hear about this, you know, they put these little disclaimers. You've seen them. If you have a gambling problem, contact mm. this phone number. Uh, I wonder how many lives have been crushed by all of this, quote, legal gambling. Uh, well, you know, a lot of them. Yeah. But if we have that kind of money out there and that's all floating around and we're giving it to the Ukraine and we're giving it to this, let's back this bus up. Let's put the immigrants on hold. Let's put the Ukraine on hold. And let's take a good look in our our front yard and our backyard. And let's start wiping out some debt for the consumers. Home debt, everything debt. Let's just wipe it all out. Let's take the money, spend it properly. I'm not talking about stealing from the rich. I'm just saying all that discretionary well, money. You see, is you're, you're talking about being logical and fair. You're talking about being honest. And I... I if you look at the budget, if you look at the way we spend money in this country, it's not any of those things. I mean, just look at this bill. I mean, we have our senators working uh, on Super Bowl Sunday uh, in, in a private room somewhere in the Capitol trying to figure out a way of screwing the American people. Yeah. Money is an imaginary rope that they sit there and wrap around our necks so we can hang ourselves. And we've got to snap to it and just realize that, um, you know what? Do you remember? Being... Do you remember Bill when when Trump was uh, trying to get? I think it was like six million six billion dollars for the border wall. There was some compared to the money they're throwing around now. It was a pittance, and the Democrats squeezed him and made him and and mim- and, and made all of these ridiculous comments about. Uh, Fiscal waste and stuff like that. How how could he ask for this kind of money for a wall? And he, I think he ended up going to a different source altogether, and reallocating funds that were already allocated for security to fin- to do the wall because the, the the Congress wouldn't give it give it to him. But in the meantime, these many of these same clowns who are putting. Uh, this bill together for almost a hundred mm-hmm. billion dollars, most of it going to the Ukraine for their borders, folks, for their security, right? They they don't see any reason why we should be putting any money into our security. You know these guys. And listen, it's it's uh, two sides of the same coin, as far as I'm concerned. I, I think the uh, people who are Trump supporters. They're a different breed, and that's why they're not liked in Washington because they, they want uh, what's right for the country. And many Republicans, rhinos, they are, they have more in common with a Chuck Schumer than they have with a Bill Knight or a Jim Harrington. You know, I mean, they have more in common with the other side than they do with us. 
And uh, that's that's a scary thing, friends. We think that they're on our side because they have an R behind their name. But I just read the list to you of the senators who signed that ridiculous bill. And they're all people who, not all of them, but uh, maybe two-thirds of them were people that you would have thought would have would have uh, closed the door on something as stupid as this. Could have, should have, would have, but they didn't, did they? No, but, you know, Bill, they have to have... We have to have something in the Ukraine that is really either embarrassing or everybody's making a lot of money in Washington and they just can't afford to stop the gravy train. How about a little bit of both? You know, how about a little bit of both? I yeah. mean, we've got... I think that we've got something that's kind of nefarious going on there. And, um, well, you, you know, know I, where, do, where do you think it goes? For, I mean, you know, we, we see this bill here, and hopefully it'll be stopped in the House of Representatives at the very least. Hopefully it doesn't get out of the Senate. But let's say it, uh, you know, it gets down to the House and they get stopped. Don't you think these people are going to try to put another bill together just like it, similar to it? Oh, yeah. They're going to, yeah, it's a sneak play. They're going to keep going and see. It's not like, you know, first, second, third, fourth down. Okay, right. it's your ball. You know, you got as many downs as you want to. It's like, you know, overtime, you know, like, hey, you get to play until you score, and then the other side gets the ball, and they, they get the score, and who's got the bigger score? <laughs> it's It's kind of crazy how all of this goes down. In the American so, people, by the way, honest to God, folks, the average Joe is is getting screwed. We send these guys down to Washington with the hopes that they're going to do all the things that they promise they're going to do when they're campaigning. When they're campaigning, they're eating corn on the cob with you, and they're uh, they're kissing the babies, and they're doing all that stuff. They're going to the country fair and, and uh, shaking your hand and acting like your best friend. And then they get down to Washington, and they close the doors, and in the darkness and the privacy of those rooms, they work deals that are beneficial to them and their cronies, period, and the public be damned. And then they will go out afterwards, and they will have a press conference after they have just screwed you and tell you how much you needed to be screwed and how much you liked it. Okay, that's what these guys do in in Washington. And it's time for the American people to stand up and say, you're not going back with my vote, pal. I've seen what you've done. You know, we have a fair and honest way of removing these guys. And, folks, we've got to wake up. We've got to look oh, at these guys definitely. and get rid of them. I mean, yeah, there's there, there's something in the Ukraine, and you know, it's probably cause for speculation. And maybe we ought to do a speculative show because I have an idea which way to take go it. Go ahead. I, I, we'll, well, I don't want to do it on the, on the podcast now because then somebody would beat us to it. But uh, I do have a thought there of uh, because we're hiding something, and uh, there's there's something or there's something being hidden from us. And I think there's a lot, Bill. I think there's a lot being hidden from us. Well, the, the, my personal belief is, uh, you know, that uh, there's been corruption in politics forever, since, forever, yeah. since the beginning of time. Look, you know, you can trace back money. Now you can't really trace it back to the Stone Age, but at some point in time, somebody put two rocks together and you know yeah. realized, okay, I know what to do now, and we're going to control. Well, through this, this and that, and 
This goes uh, back to the two. Remember the, the the coin with the head on both sides. You flip yeah. a coin, and and, and what do you get? Heads or tails? And they have the same, they have the same image on both sides of the coin. I mean, it goes it goes that far back. You know, we we, we look at the Kennedy election back in 1960. Most people mm-hmm. will most people who know anything about that election will tell you that uh, that uh, the Chicago mob got the uh, vote for Kennedy in Illinois. Yeah, it was a deal. It was a it was a family deal. And when when they when they didn't keep their end of the bargain, well, well bad things happened. And you know it was really funny. Be, not funny, but my my dad told me that as he, you know, he told me that as a kid. He goes, yeah, I knew it was going to happen. It was, um, and I mean, what the hell did he know? Well, that- you, you know, I, I guess, I guess people who were paying attention heard rumblings like we hear rumblings today. We hear rumblings today about things and we don't want to believe it. You know, uh, that can't happen. Yeah. But sometimes there's, there's some truth to rumblings. Well, um, you know, Kennedy was advised not to go to Dallas. You know that. He was advised, mm-hmm. don't go to Dallas. Uh, they, had, they had some people who had heard rumors that something was a plan for Dallas and not to go. And but it would have happened anywhere. I mean, you know, John, Johnson was in the ready the whole nine yards, but now we're getting into the other conspiracy that's, that's thing. That's okay. But, I mean, the fact, the fact is that's history. They did go. But Kennedy, that, that whole election, they say, was corrupt. They've even said that the uh, Roosevelt election in 1933 was corrupt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I guess what we're saying, folks, is there have been years of corruption in, in elections. I mean, it, it probably goes back to the days of Lincoln, you know, where they, whenever you had your hands on boxes of, of ballots, uh, you had a chance to uh, change the outcome. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. I, Bill, uh, I've said this before, and by the way, I've heard, I heard somebody else say it uh, uh, somebody who has a bigger... Oh, they might have been listening, yeah. Yeah. I, I've said, you know, the there's an expression that supposedly is credited to uh, Albert Einstein, the uh, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result is the definition of insanity. And, and uh, how can we expect the 2024 elections to be any different than the 2020 election, if we haven't changed the way the voting is taking place, if we have, if we have the same machines in place, if we have the same people counting the votes in place, how can we expect a different result? I think Trump wants a, an overwhelming response. I don't think that's going to make a difference. No, I don't either. And I mean, as far as the way that they stole, once we're on to them, they're going to find it. In other words, insanity is going to refine itself over and over and over again. Uh, insanity refined. It'll only get it'll only get tougher to uh, win. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. I mean, and I mean, it would be it would be um, it would be beneficial for the left to finally get it to a point to where uh, there are no elections anymore. And well, I think they would love to get to that point. It, it's funny you should say that. You know, uh, about uh, three weeks ago, we had the World Economic Forum. Mm-hmm. And uh, Klaus Schwab was doing an interview oh, uh, about, there, yeah. a, about AI. Listen to what Klaus Schwab says about elections. Listen. So technology now is, and uh, digital technologies mainly have an analytical power. Now we go into a predictive power, and we have seen the first examples, and your company very much involved into it. But since the next step could be in, to go into prescriptive 
mode, which means um, uh, you you do not even have to have elections anymore because you can already uh, predict what uh, predict and afterwards you can say why do we need elections because we know what the result will be think about that i mean but, but it's does it strike you as being ironic that this leader of this world and economic forum has a deep german accent and sounds like he's part of the third reich and he he, he feel why he, he he sounds like a James Bond character, doesn't he? You know, the villain, you know, Blofeld mm. or something like that, a Goldfinger, you know? Do you expect me to speak? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. I mean, that's the kind of character this guy, Klaus Schwab, reminds me of. And he's sitting there on the stage in front of the world, and he's saying, with AI, we're getting into the predictive area where we don't really need elections anymore. Elections are going to be irrelevant because we, with the with the workings of AI, we can predict the, what people are thinking already and just implement them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look, it's crazy. You know, you know Elon Musk. Mm. He he chimed in on on the Ukraine. Did he, he says, "You yeah." He said that Ukraine has got to lose. There is no if ands or buts. They got to lose. So you get back to that. What's being hidden from us in the Ukraine? What does he know? Well, I, I'm af- I'm afraid he knows a lot. Uh, this is a guy who, when you have the assets and the resources that he has, he's not just getting his information from the front page no. of the newspaper. He is somebody who has contacts around the world and has a better handle on what's going on. So, so when there you- might be more than just bio labs there that uh, we focus on. There could be any number of things. We could be we could be developing secret weapons in the Ukraine. You know, it's amazing. Yeah, you don't. I don't know. It's just. But the, what, what's happening is, um, it's smoke and mirrors. But you know what? Even the smoke and mirrors are more than and and what you see before your eyes. Everything is a distraction. Yeah. And. Uh, it it doesn't matter which way you're you're, you're focused. Hey, I don't know that you heard this over the uh, over the weekend, but Mayorkas, you know these guys have got gonads. Oh, after, yeah. Yeah, they have gonads the size of King Kong. Okay, I mean he, this is a guy who to the world was they're trying to impeach him. They're still trying, by the way. It's yeah, not. They're it's going not, again. It's, they're not over with it. But he he in defiance, this arrogant little so and so, will get up in front of the world on Meet the Press. And with his grin and his smile, we'll uh, say things like, uh, uh, well, like this. What about reinstituting the remain in Mexico policy? That is something that you terminated. Do you regret terminating it, given that migration has increased in the wake of that? And are you considering reinstating it, working with Mexico to do that? A few things about remain in Mexico. First of all, it depends upon uh, Mexico's agreement. And Mexico has articulated publicly that it will not allow the the re-implementation of Remain in Mexico, number one. Number two, it's been challenged in the courts. What a weasel. First of all, understand something. Trump didn't didn't leave the decision to Mexico. Trump turned to Mexico and said, okay, we want Remain in Mexico. And they said, no. He said, oh, okay. Well, we're going to put tariffs on all of the stuff that's coming from Mexico into this country Initially, it'll be 25 percent. 
and maybe we'll increase it if you get uh, more obstinate. And so uh, all of, suddenly Mexico was uh, more flexible with their decision. But this guy here, uh, he passes the buck. He is a conniving weasel of a person. He also said this. Listen. No doubt there is gridlock on Congress, but do you bear responsibility for what is happening at the border, what the president himself has called a crisis? It certainly is a crisis, and, well, we don't bear responsibility for a broken system, and we're doing a tremendous amount within that broken system. But fundamentally, fundamentally, Congress is the only one who can fix it. Now, wait a second. Wait a second. Aren't you the same guy who said this? Is our border secure? Our border is secure. Border is secure because we are maximizing our resources to deliver the most effective results to our border with the most extraordinary workforce in the world. And didn't you also say this? The border is not open. It has not been open and it will not be open subsequent to May 11th. Tell me, is this guy not a duplicitous liar. I mean, he's not just uh, doing political doublespeak here. He's blatantly, to the American people, lying. And he does it with a smirk, folks. You know, one of those, I want to slap that thing off your face kind of smirk. He, He seems to get some kind of sick enjoyment out of playing these ridiculous games with the American people. You know, he can't be the dumbest person in, in, in Washington, uh, maybe no. unless. So he has to know exactly what he's doing. You know what he said on, on one of these talk shows? He said one of the most difficult things to do uh, is to plan for a meeting with Joe Biden because he's so with it. He's so on top of his game. You have oh, to be a, honest, to, honest to God. He said it over the weekend on one of these interviews, and I'm thinking, I wish I had the audio, but I'm thinking to myself, you lying Sacagawea, and I use that uh, with reference and deference to the great Chris Plant in uh, Washington. That's a line he, but it, it's so appropriate. You got to, you got to use it. A lying Sacagawea. He is. Uh, well, that, that'll turn it around, though. Let's uh-huh. say that. Uh, let's just say that Joe Biden really is on top of his game, uh-huh. and the ruse is the stumbling, bumbling, uh, stuttering idiot. You know, because he's always kind of falling well, back. Well, you know, when I was a kid, I, 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 well, that's why I played football. Well, you know, here's let let let's let's think about this for a second. He. It's a stumbling, bumbling, doddering old guy who can't find the stairs to get off of the stage. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about it uh, figuratively. I mean literally. When he's doing a speech, he'll turn to the right and somebody will say, no, this way. And he turns around. He's, he's lost. Kind of uh, like with the Jordanian King, okay, with yeah. Well, he did that. Yeah, he did that this uh, this weekend, right? When the Jordanian, yeah, he sure did. And then he stared at the floor. I think he was looking at the King's shoes and go, oh, those are my shoes, yeah. Oh, man. At the floor. Now, now, here's the thing. To your point, what benefit would it be to the left to have him pretend to be a doddering old fool and in reality be a uh, sharp-minded, evil SOB? Now, I have to tell you this, Bill. I don't know if you saw it over the weekend. He posted a picture. Honest to God, Bill, I don't know where this guy's head is at. He posted a picture credited to him of Joe Biden 
with red eyes. I'm not talking about like maybe red eyes, glowing red eyes, looking evil as can be. I, I swear to God, and it's not from somebody who doesn't like Biden and posted it. It came from Joe Biden. And I'm thinking, what the hell is he thinking? You know, well, maybe he's the Antichrist. Maybe that's why Joe Rogan on his podcast sat there and said, we need Jesus and he needs to come right now. You know, I, I heard that he had said that and I was, I couldn't agree with him more. I'm surprised to hear that because I've listened to his podcast going, "Eh, well, you know, but it's Rogan. So well, you have to remember that Jesus hung around with the fishermen. And back in the day, fishermen were like uh, the cowboys of the Wild West. They were tough guys. And I'm sure their jokes were salty and their language was, too. And Jesus, I believe that he he led by example. He he made much better men out of these people, but he wasn't uh, adverse to to approaching them and being with them. You know what I'm saying? He, mm-hmm. he he went to the common hardworking man. That's the truth, you know. He went to the hardworking man of, of his time, and he became friends with them, the laborer, and he he made uh, special people out of those guys. But, yeah, I getting back to uh, – so I look at Joe Rogan, and I see this kind of salty, tough guy with uh, a bit of uh, – you know, well, no, not a bit, a, a, a lot of rough edges, but yet he turns around and he says on his show that we need Jesus and we need Jesus right now. Uh, yeah, I I couldn't agree with him more. Uh, well, you know, it's kind of funny, you know, biblically, you know, Jesus came from the common man, you know? Yeah, and, he, was, and, he was a carpenter. Yeah, and, and what was the devil, you know? I mean, almost like the Rolling Stones song, you know, a man of wealth and fame. Uh, who knows? I mean... He, uh, you know, supposedly the, the Satan at one point when he when he had Jesus alone, he he said, "I can give you the world." Remember, he tried to tempt he tried to tempt yeah. Jesus. I can give you the world. I can all this can be yours if you just go along with me. And uh, Jesus told him where to go <laughs> in so many words. Yeah, and he said, no, "I've already been there." That's right. That's my, I live uh, there. Hey, been uh, there, done that. Uh, anyway. It's been. It was an interesting weekend, folks. Uh, by the way, that, that Super Bowl game, I, uh, the commercials for the most part weren't very impressive. I watched all of them, and it's like, uh, I don't know. Maybe my humor is uh, in a different place now. But I used to think that I used to think that my humor was something which was kind of general. There wasn't a lot of funny stuff. That, I mean, the Arnold Schwarzenegger stuff with Neba. You know, that was funny. Like a good neighbor. I don't know if you saw that commercial. No, I, oh. I didn't watch the Super Bowl because, number one, uh, I, I didn't have a dog in the hunt. And uh, I really pulled for San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm I'm not a Swifty. I don't idealize people, and I don't like the I don't like where it's going. And, and so I just sat there and said, uh, I'm taking time out on this. I mean, I do know about the commercials, uh, but... You know, the Super Bowl is becoming something more than the game. Well, a lot of people, Bill, think it's not, it's fixed. I mean, I know that sounds crazy. Uh, A lot of people, you know, isn't it funny how we live in an environment right now where a lot of people don't trust a lot of different things? There's there's an element and an environment of distrust, probably because of the 2020 elections and probably because of 
of uh, what we were told about vaccines during the COVID era. And now we're looking around, we see all these young people getting sick, some of them dying. Mm-hmm. And people are saying, wait a second, are, are we being lied to everywhere by these people? Yeah, I think we are. I think everything that you see here, uh, see in here, is all some kind of ruse or a lie. And I'm not saying your mother's lying to you or anything like that, or that we're lying to you, because we're not. And we're like you, but the, I, you know, I, I, people, I don't believe 90% I, I, of what I see. I think you're right. Here. Hey, you know what they did at the Super Bowl, which really has ticked off a lot of people? Well, the, well I, I know what you're going to, and I'm just going to say the lyrics are fine. But we have a black national anthem. What no. is wrong with the national anthem? Well, and if we're going to have a black national anthem, then I guess hey. we, uh, we need to have an LGBTQ did, national anthem, an indigenous Indian uh, national anthem. We need everybody did, needs did to have Martin their own Did Martin Luther song. King fight for a black America? Did Martin Luther? No, he fought for America. He wanted he wanted the blacks to be. Absolutely right. equal. Did the Tuskegee Airmen get into their P-51s and risk and sometimes give their lives for well, a black America? No, they well, fought for America. The The blacks' problem with with the national anthem is because that, uh, you know, the writer of it, um, you know, okay, might have been a slave owner or something like that, I guess. Or, you know, there would... There's correlations that of that. What, and that, Francis Scott Key? You know, yeah. you have to understand something, folks. Seriously. You hear this argument about, I don't think that we should have uh, statues of Thomas Jefferson because he owns slaves. I don't think that we should have a, uh, we don't, we shouldn't well, call George Washington the father of our country because he was a slave owner. You have to understand that these men were a reflection of their time and their environment. Whether you like it or not, I mean, the fact of the matter is it was accepted practice. Now, guys like Washington, it was generally known that Washington was uh, liked by his people who worked on his plantation. You know, he he took good care of his people, uh, as did, uh, I think, uh, Thomas Jefferson. Okay, but, you know, you're, 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 you're pointing this out going, well, he had slaves. Okay. Let's take a look. If you want to, if you want to make it a color issue and a hum, a human issue, I would say white man, Indian man, Chinese man, uh, Asian person, black man, and everybody that you're saying, well, we want their song. Well, then let's let's look into their family tree, and let's look at any kind of weird indiscretions. You know, why are we dissecting? People, we're not, we're not trying to. The left does that. The left, the left. Yeah, it's a divide and conquer. Thing. Look, you know, the sins of your past are that. It's the fact that we evolve and develop as mankind. It's right. just like they want to homogenize the entire population. I want to. I, I want to see the diversity to where we have Asians, we have Hispanics, we have black. Yeah, we have the European white. We have, but we have all these different. You know, it, it's it's like going into a restaurant. Hey, what do you guys specialize? Uh, specialize in burgers, burgers, and more burgers. That's all we got are burgers here. You can't come in here unless you like a burger. You know, I want the variety. That's and, what we were supposed to be a melting pot for years. Yeah. So, 
I'm not saying, you know, the, the, the lady that's saying it, what's her name, Day? Um, uh, either way, that's saying it, she's upset, you know? Well, people are upset because the Star-Spangled Banner, forget about, you know, the, the you know, any indiscretions. The song was well-meant and well-placed. It was written about a battle during 1814, I guess, the Battle of uh, 1812, you know, the where he was, uh, Francis Scott Key saw a, fought, a fort that was being attacked. I forgot uh, which one it was. <laughs> it's just, I'm having a momentary yeah. glitch. But uh, it was supposed to be a fort that was going to be overtaken by, I think, the British, and they expected it to be uh, in the hands of the British the next morning, and it wasn't. It, it, it stood firm. It, it remained in uh, the hands of the Americans. Uh, right. And so, you know... You're right. We should look. We don't think about the guy who wrote the song and where he lived. Think, think about, about the song. Think about the number of Americans in uh, the Civil War oh. and in and in World War One and World War Two who gave their lives, you know, under the, that flag and under that that national anthem. Do you know what I'm saying? They, it represents all that all the sacrifice of so many of our fellow Americans, don't you take think? The song that, yeah, take the song that we have and add your your individuality to it. You know, if we, if we question everything, then uh, one of the group, if, you're, if you have any kind of Christian values, then one of the greatest songs of all time is Amazing Grace, actually a pretty recent song. Probably, you know, from a, a well, not probably, from a very sinful person, and that was their repentance, you know, to sit there and amazing grace, mm -hmm. you know. But if you sit there and look at the at the person before they wrote that song, well, we can't have that song because, <laughs> yeah, he he you wasn't know. he wasn't a great person or whatever. Yeah, you're right. No, uh, it, it, but we live in a politically correct environment where the left seems to uh, to relish the idea that they can separate us from each other and keep us squabbling. You know, if we're constantly fighting each other, if we're, if we're constantly go, going at each other, we're not paying attention to what they're doing behind the scenes. Do you know what I'm saying? If they can right. keep the left fighting with the right, then we don't see what the evildoers are doing in the background. Well, you know, it's been, you, you've seen it in movies. It's been stated over and over again. If you've gone to military academy, one of the things they tell you is to divide and conquer. and conquer. Right. Divide and conquer. Take that philosophy and apply it to politics. Divide and conquer. Let's right. divide the races. Let's add doubt and divide a political party. But, you know, with everything that's going on with Joe Biden and the Democrats and his everything, mm -hmm. they unite no matter how wrong they are. Even if they know it's wrong, we got to be united. I think it's part of their um, their mantra, part of what they they tell each other when they get into office. Look at you may not like everything we do on this side of the aisle, but when push comes to shove, we stand lockstep. We stand mm -hmm. united. We do not, at, under any circumstances, uh, uh, separate and and become weak. We with their strength in numbers, right? That's how it works. Strength in numbers. If then we they all can stand pass together, anything they want to, they can get. And you know what? When you get in there and you become a part of that power, and and you get that piece of the money pie, 
you know, you might overlook a lot of things when you get the taste of power, the smell of power. It's like a drug. Well, it's, it's like that bill that he snuck by on uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. Uh, it, well, how, how can people who seem to be on our side sign their names to that piece of corruption? But they did. They mm-hmm. did. And you should remember it. You know, when I see John Kennedy get up in front of a microphone and do his wonderful little, you know, down-home colloquialisms like he does, you know, uh, that's like a hound dog's the tooth, you know, whatever he, he... That's nonsense. Understand that John Kennedy, by the way, is a Rhodes Scholar. He went to Oxford. He's not what he pretends to be. He's not some hick staying, uh, who sits on his front porch with a straw in his mouth. He's a smart guy who has figured out a way to endear himself to the public and get things by the people. He's yeah. a, he knows when to hold them and when to fold them, as, as Kenny Rogers used to say. You know, um, Anna Polina Luna, she's one yeah. of the new people in the House of Representatives. She was on an, uh, a press conference, I guess, on Friday, and she made an interesting comment. You know, they they uh, are going after Trump and they're going after this and they go, and she said that maybe uh, they should go after uh, Hillary Clinton and Stacey Abrams. Listen. Um, to follow up on what Representative Crane had stated, you know, we have the ability and at our disposal tools to find terrorists in caves in the Middle East that you can't find someone who planted a pipe bomb. That's pretty egregious, but we have evidence that the government co- really helped to cover up what was happening. And I will just point all of you to what happened at Oversight, where we actually questioned Twitter, Twitter 1.0. We saw that under the Department of Homeland Security, SISA was actually working to not only suppress information, to include the president's statement to remain peaceful on January 6th. Remember how he said that? Yet it was nowhere on social media. It's because these outlets, whether it was Google, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, they're all working to suppress that information. But I wonder why. I wonder why they would want to do that. And it's because this president is truly a man that is outside of the D.C. control. And frankly, that's why every single person, I'm pretty sure, up here has endorsed him for re-election. And he's going to win in November. But I want to ask you all questions on whether or not you think that we should be charging someone like uh, Hillary Clinton with insurrection. Someone like Stacey Abrams with insurrection because they all claim that they won elections. We know that Hillary Clinton was full of it. We know that because we saw what come out. In fact, you guys know that I all censored Adam Schiff over it. There was no evidence of Russia collusion. So I want to close with saying this. What we've seen happen over the last couple of years has not only been depressing as a member of Congress to witness how much people up here have actually used that lie, used that narrative, not just to smear President Trump, but to tear apart this country. But I do applaud what Pres- uh, what. Representative Gates has done, and what I will say is that those sociopaths that continue to push this lie, once we have this on the floor, if you continue to push this, you guys are all going to be guilty of breaching House privileges, okay? Because we're saying that it didn't happen. We have evidence to back it up. So just think on that for a little bit. Uh, without further ado, I'd like to introduce my good friend, Corey Mills. And- uh, she's a spunky young lady, I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. I think they should take her her name. Uh, there was a song that was out back in the 70s, I used to play it, called Una Paluma Blanca. Yeah. You remember that song? Well, they should yeah. make it Anna, Anna Paluna Luna. Oh, Anna, what is it? Anna Paluna Luna? They should put her name to that song and they would have a jingle. I don't know why I thought of that, but uh, Anna Paulina Luna. Anna Paulina yeah. Luna. That wasn't the George Baker uh, selection or whatever it was called. He, uh, he did a couple of things. That was a different, uh, that was a different song. But Anna, uh, Una Paluna yeah. Blanca was, I don't know, some some silly song that came out by a 
Yeah, I was just trying to think of the uh, the person that put it together. It was a, yeah, I remember it was. It was way back in the uh, recesses of my uh, radio brain. Um, but anyway, she's right. You know, they're talking about Trump doesn't have a right to uh, claim that he won the 2020 election and that it was rigged, but but yet it's okay for Hillary Clinton and Stacey Abrams to do the same thing. This goes again to the complete double standard we have in this country now. You know, when it initially when when it happened one time to one person, you thought that's an outlier. But now when you see things like uh, what happened with Joe Biden, he brings all of his boxes of uh, classified documents. You know, some of them had, had they said, rat poop on them, on the boxes, you know, I, which I thought was interesting. You would think that in his garage uh, well, he wouldn't have any rats running around, but apparently they found, uh, they, it probably was mice droppings. They said rat poop. Okay, here's the problem. Okay, Trump was accused of it, right? Of taking documents. Now, there had to be criminal intent for it, there to be anything. If he just sat there and thought as a president he had the right to take documents, but you didn't have the right, that's that's a whole different story. And that's why they're doing the joke, well, he's not of sound-minded body. Hmm. Obama took documents. What gave him the damn right? Clinton took documents. What well, gave him the well, right? You're talking about you're talking about two guys who were presidents. And here's the distinction. Joe Biden, when he took those documents, was a senator. At the very yes. most, at the very most, he was a vice president. Neither of those positions gave him the authority to take classified documents. What about Hillary? She was a senator. Absolutely. She absolutely was a Hey, yeah, well, she, she, she destroyed had, her documents. She, that, had, see, that's where she... That's exactly right. You know, when you had that clown, Comey, come out and say, yep, she did all this stuff, and yep, she uh, she broke uh, that uh, her hard drives, and yep, she took all these classified documents, yep, she sure did. But, but we're, we're not, not going to charge him. No, 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 no. It doesn't matter. Yeah, no, no. She didn't have to be charged, but it has to be remembered that she did it because then that means. No, no. I'm trying to point out that there's a different standard no. for both sides. The standard is they can crush the do the hard drives, they can steal the documents, they can shove them in boxes in the garage. That's okay. They're they're the left. But if Trump, by the way, takes documents, he took them down to Mar-a-Lago after getting approval. He notified. The library was a library of Congress uh, that that he was taking this stuff down to uh, his his own place. He was president. He had the authority to declassify, just as Obama and Clinton and Bush had, and they all did this. Well, I think that they should do an investigation and do unannounced random searches of all the senators, all of them, McConnell, Schumer. All of them. And if they've got them, because by now they know they shouldn't have them, forget about their party, strip them of their party affiliation. And if they've got them, they're guilty. It's treason. Let's prosecute them because that's what we're saying, right? Yeah. We're saying it's illegal. You can't do it. And they obviously can't. So let's forget about partitics and let's sit there and just go after them. Hey, you remember what happened with uh, Mike Pence? Mike Pence had documents. We forget about that. Yeah, he had classified he had documents in his house. I mean, all it's amazing. They, they focused on Trump like he's done something that is exceptional. The only thing he did was he did it properly. He, and he had the authority to do it. 
You know, uh, well, you know, it gets back to the Ukraine. What are we hiding there? You know, what club is Trump not a member of that he doesn't know about? Or maybe he does and he's not happy with it. And but it is so bad that he really can't say that even he can't say what it is. Well, what he, what well, is it that we is it child trafficking? Is it is it related that way? Is it biological? You know, is I do think I do think, Bill, that a lot of people on the left are getting really, really nervous, whether they should be or not. Maybe there's some truth to the. You know, Trump is a smart man, and you got to think that he's aware of the fact that if the system isn't changed, the system in 2020 is the same system they use in 2024, then they'll get the same outcome. He he's got to know that. But yet he seems confident that things are going to be different this time around, which says to me that he knows something that I don't know. You know, he has he knows he either he's talked to people who have said uh, if you overwhelm the system, there's just so much there's only so much they can do as far as corruption goes. I personally, I think if you're dealing with computers, you can make anything look proper. I mean, just look at A.I., just look at what AI does. AI can make you sound like Joe Biden. It can make you mm-hmm. look like Joe Biden. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's amazing. Hey, before I forget, Bill, uh, I wanted to point this out. You know, Fannie Willis down oh, yeah. down in uh, in Georgia, she's uh, in a bit of a, a bind right now. Uh, apparently, on Friday, Judge Scott McAfee uh, said, oh, "I take that back." He said this yesterday. I say, keep thinking today's Monday, right? Today's right, Tuesday. No, yeah, uh, yeah. He said yesterday uh, that Fannie Willis is going to have to uh, have a hearing about her possible. Uh, uh, and she could be disqualified from yeah. being on the case. Listen, but the case will go on. Listen he to say that. No, he, listen to what he said. Specifically looking at Defendant Roman's motion, it alleges a personal relationship that resulted in a financial benefit to the district attorney. And that is no longer a matter of complete speculation. The state has admitted a relationship existed. And so what remains to be proven is the existence and extent of any financial benefit. Again, if there, is, if there even was one. So because I think it's possible that the facts alleged by uh, the defendant could result in disqualification, I think an evidentiary hearing must occur to establish the record on those core allegations. So just to emphasize, I think the issues at point here are whether a relationship existed. You see, he's not talking about uh, whether or not Trump's case goes on. He's saying that a hearing has to take place on Thursday. It has right. to. He's not talking about Trump's case. He, he's talking about the hearing as to whether she did something that which was inappropriate that could have an effect on the uh, the Trump case. But the question is, if they if she's disqualified from the case, do they bring in a new DA? That picks up where she left off. Well, it's not as simple as taking part A and replacing it with part B. Well, I understand. Well, that. You you have to have somebody who understands the entire case. Uh, it has to. It's a it's it's a long. I would think that the Trump uh, lawyers are going to move for a dismissal. Yeah. Because uh, the charges were inappropriately filed. If they do decide to continue the case, like I said, they got to get a new DA. They can't well, just that, take the assistant DA. What does that do to all the cases before? Because everybody copped a deal. Does that mean that? What deals do they say? No it's the poison of the, the the fruit of the poisonous plant. Is I think the way they referred to it. 
uh, meaning that if they find out that that she was uh, corrupted right. in this case, and there were some cases that were already decided based upon decisions she made, then that undone. they can be undone, I think. Uh, I'm not a lawyer. I have played one on TV, but... Uh, <laughs> That's another story, uh, but well, I do. The question is, did you get paid to play it? On yeah, TV? I did yeah. actually. Yeah, okay. I, had, okay. I, I, I did get paid, but it was a long time ago and far, well, far then, away. Sometimes that makes you more qualified than the real lawyers. <laughs> That's true. It does. I, hey, listen, how's the snow falling up there in Boston? Are you still getting a lot? Nah, it's it's kind of backed up. It started out about. Uh, it started flurrying about five to seven. And uh, it was it was coming down steady. It's still coming down steady, but you know, I, I looked down at the road. Traffic's still going on it, so it's not enough to plow or anything like yeah. that. It looked, you know, you could probably go make a couple of snowballs, but small snowballs. So yeah. unless it really comes down, it, it, it kind of makes you wonder. You know, it's like you know they were predicting this big massive storm, and you know they shut down states all along here. In, in 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 the northeast because of this big massive yeah, storm and you know it kind of makes you wonder they they knew if it was going to hit or fizzle and it still may hit but let's say it fizzles today you know did oh. they want everybody home for a reason when i was a kid that's an interesting thing who knows we'll find out by the end of the day but yeah. uh when i was a kid uh, many times the weather forecaster would be forecasting a Six to twelve inches. Oh, a lot of snow coming your way. I used to get psyched. No school tomorrow. Oh, I'm not going to do my homework because I don't have to. Because I mean, there'll be no school tomorrow. We're going to have and then there was school. <laughs> then, then we got. I woke up the next morning and it was nothing. You know. Uh oh. <laughs> Maybe I should have done my homework. Uh, anyway, my friend, uh, that is uh, about it for us for today. Um, I have a phone number. We have a phone number that you can call us yep. on eight three three. Five three eight seven eight six eight, eight three three five three eight seven eight six eight, and you know we mentioned this before. If you want to call that number and say "Hasta la vista, baby" in your most enthusiastic way, if it's really good, we might make you a part of the show. You know, you never know. Wouldn't that be fun to be a part of the show? Absolutely. To hear you say hasta la vista, baby. The other <laughs> thing you can do is uh, mail at jimandbill.com. There's jimandbill at mail.com and mail at jimandbill.com. And other than that... Yes, I think there's uh, only one way of saying hasta la vista, baby, with feeling. And that's the way uh, one Mr. Bill Knight says it. Hasta la vista, baby. We're out of here. This is CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com, it has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, 
What do you do when you only have $260 million? 